Hello, hello. You're listening to the No Fucks Given podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Knight, author of the No Fucks Given Guides, a series of self-help books for people like me who hate being told what to do. Just like the books, the podcast is fun, sweary, and full of tips and techniques for giving fewer, better fucks and living your best life. Let's get to it. First, and as always, I want to thank you so much for listening. In fact, the day that I am sitting here recording episode 21 of the No Fucks Given podcast is the very day that we hit 1 million downloads on this show. Uh, I've only been at this podcasting game for a few short months, and I cannot tell you how blown away I am by the response and how grateful I am for everybody who's listening, recommending it to a friend, rating and reviewing it, and especially following on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher and all the places that you get your podcasts. It's really just been a totally wild ride, and I am really grateful. So thanks so much, and welcome to episode 21. This week, I want to talk about relationships. You might know, if you are a loyal listener, that I have a monthly advice column called You Asked For It, where I answer listener questions. And a lot of the questions that have been coming to my inbox over the last couple of months have been about relationships, interpersonal relationships, be they with friends and family or romantic partners. And what this says to me is that the pandemic has taken a toll, both on people who live together and on people who have not seen each other for 14 months or have seen very little of each other, less than they used to, less than some uh, folks wanted. And, um, you know, we're starting to get back out there now. I don't want to jinx it or anything, but I think that We are in a place where we are all starting to think about returning to some form of normal socialization, and I thought today would be a good chance to cover a range of relationship advice that is useful now more than ever, but also just in general. Today, I'm going to lay out a three-tiered system for thinking about the relationships that you have and how to handle them going forward, and I will touch on friends and family and romantic partners. I will talk about falling out of touch in general and due to the pandemic and tips and strategies for how to fix that if you want to. I'm also going to do a deep dive into significant other situations with tips on how to make things smoother and happier for both of you in good times and in bad. And I'll give you some examples of how to apply my gist theory, my get your shit together theory to your relationships. As always, listen to the end for your NFG tip of the week. And before I get rolling, just a reminder, you can always visit my website, nofucksgivenguides.com for more info on my books and journals and for the show notes and links to downloads and stuff I might mention on the podcast. Okay, here we go. I'm going to kick things off with just a little personal story. My husband and I are officially, uh, as of today, 14 months into this pandemic if you begin the day that our home country, the Dominican Republic, locked down. So uh, it has been a long time, and we have made a lot of progress. And right now, I am just shy of my two weeks of full inoculation. I've been very lucky to get the COVID-19 vaccine, and things are looking up. But uh, it was a long 14 months, and in particular, the last month of it felt the longest. And I have a really stable relationship. I've been with my husband uh, for 20 years, and we're very good communicators in general. We don't really fight. Um, It's pretty good. It started from a good place, which is not to say that we haven't had our difficulties over the years. 
But the last month we have spent together in New York uh, because we came to the United States to get vaccinated. And so the final 30 days out of my 14-month pandemic time with my husband has been spent in much closer quarters under uh, even more restrictions because in the DR, you know, we just had a lot of outdoor opportunity to be outside, to be far away from each other. Uh, And here in New York, we don't, having been, you know, sticking to the guidelines really strictly until we're fully vaccinated. And I have been losing my goddamn mind. And I want to make it clear in case he's listening. Hi, babe. Are you listening? Uh, That this is not any fault of my husband's. He has not done anything different than he has been doing for the last 14 months. In fact, I think we've both been trying to be extra respectful of each other uh, in this last 30 days. But I just find myself thinking, oh, my God, get me out of here. Get away from me. Stop talking to me. Stop looking at me. Like I have these really um, foreign thoughts, <laughs> which, you know, shouldn't be surprising. And I'm sure everybody out there who's been cooped up with a significant other or their own children or, you know, whoever that they've been with during this pandemic could be feeling that way as well. It's just that it's not a feeling I typically have. And it's not like he did anything to deserve that feeling. Uh, so the other day, I just realized like, oh, I can go for a walk by myself. Like, it's one thing to have had each other this whole time, which is something that I am really grateful for because I know a lot of my single friends have felt, you know, much more lonely than I could ever imagine. But I felt claustrophobic. I felt like I just didn't have any personal space. And I just thought, why don't I just go for a walk? I'll just say I'm going for a walk by myself because that's what I want to do. And and I did. And it was the most clarifying 45 minutes I have had in over a year. So um, that's where I'm coming from today with the advice that I'm going to give you guys and the tips and the strategies, which is to say, I've been there. I've done that. I'm coming out on the other side. It's not always easy. It's not always fun. Uh, Sometimes it's really obvious what you need to do to fix things, and sometimes it's not. And hopefully I can be your guide through some of the more complex and thorny issues surrounding your relationships, be they, as I said, romantic or otherwise. And next up, I am going to talk about that three-tiered system I mentioned for identifying where you are in a relationship and how you want to handle it going forward. Okay, so as I said, people have been writing to me a lot with their relationship woes, and I think that it's useful to break things down into a sort of logical, rational, um, easily organized rubric, because relationships can feel very thorny and emotional and, you know, like, like you can't somehow solve relationship issues the same way you can organize a closet. And I actually think that you can do both of those things in relatively the same way. So I want to talk about the the three stages of a relationship, which is maintain, improve, and dissolve. Um, And I'm going to focus on the first two of those for now, maintaining and improving, and then talk about dissolving a little bit later in the episode. And like I said earlier, a lot of this advice is going to be interchangeable to friendships, to relationships with your family, and to relationships with your significant other. Uh, So, you know, if you're not partnered up, keep listening because a lot of this stuff is going to apply to your relationships 
with your besties uh, and, and so on. But basically, you know, at every stage in our life, we are making and maintaining relationships. Uh, you know, high school friends are going away to college. College roommates are moving away for work. Uh, people are coupling up and and combining their friend groups with new friend groups. Uh, you're having kids and that takes you away from some friends and, and puts you in the orbit of some new friends. Um, your kids leave home and you realize that was all you had in common with some of the friends that you had. This is really a lifelong challenge, pandemic or no. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of times where we start to feel uncomfortable in our friendships, our relationships. We have some friction or we just have some distance. And as far as I'm concerned, the solution to these problems is to treat your friendships and your relationships like you would treat any other aspect of your life. You know, set goals for them and manage expectations on both ends. And then you're more likely to achieve those goals. But, uh, you know, you do have to be honest with yourself about what the goals are. And if you want to maintain uh, a relationship or you want to improve a relationship, that's a very different goal from realizing that you want to dissolve a relationship. So as I said, I want to focus on maintaining and improving and, you know, for example, let's say the pandemic never happened and we were all in our super busy, overbooked, overworked, overdrawn, exhausted lives, and we were just too busy to hang out. And we were letting some of our relationships wither because we weren't making time to see one another. Uh, when I was writing my second book, Get Your Shit Together, I was a little hermit. I do that when I'm on deadline. You know, I don't make plans. I'm very strict about the boundaries I set. I let people know that Unfortunately, for the next two months, it is more important to me to get this work done than it is to see you. But I kept a list of people I hadn't seen or at least checked in with in a while, and it just helped me make sure not to let too much time pass without connecting in some way. And that's really the key to maintenance, right? You know, to know that even if you aren't going to be able to go out to dinner with six of your best friends in the next two weeks, you can send a check-in text or an email. You can Spend 10 minutes on the phone if you can't spend three hours out at a bar. Um, and I didn't want to wind up permanently damaging any of these relationships that I really value. You know, a lot of times you'll see that celebrity couples break up because there was just too much distance. You know, their filming schedules were just incompatible. They spent too much time apart. I don't want to do that with my friends. When I've set the goal, when I've identified a relationship that's really important to me, I want to be able to maintain it. So, you know, maintaining is a way of saying I'm making a little effort on a consistent basis to keep things going until I'm capable and ready and willing to be able to put a little more time and energy and effort into them. So, you know, the same goes for coming out of this pandemic. I've talked on the podcast before about how we're going to have so much opportunity. It's going to just be an avalanche of opportunity uh, to see people and do things that we haven't been able to see and do for over a year. And it could get overwhelming. And a good thing to remember is that you can just do a little maintenance, you know, in the midst of all of the relationships that you're kind of rebuilding, um, some relationships that you might decide not to rebuild at all. And you can do a little maintenance on all of them until you get your bearings, until you've been able to adjust uh, to your new normal and 
you know, just generally speaking, you are allowed to sub in a quick check-in or a thoughtful email for an in-person get-together if you just can't do or don't want to do uh, the latter. And who doesn't like to have a thoughtful email check-in? Who doesn't like to be texted and told that they're being thought of? You know, maintenance is not this kind of like box-ticking substitute for true friendship. What it is is saying this friendship is so important to me that I am going to make time to let you know that you are important to me, even if it is not the ideal way in which we would be gathering or, or communicating. So anyway, that is maintenance. And it is up to you to decide if the relationship in question is worth that maintenance. Uh, that's a whole other book. Um, but if it is something that you want to keep in your fuck budget because it brings you joy, then you need to treat it that way. You need to set some goals for your relationship and you need to manage expectations and uh, and perform a little bit of maintenance to keep that fire burning unless and until you decide that you want to improve upon it or maybe it's time to dissolve. So I just want to say a little bit more about improving. Uh, you have a relationship that is adequate and you would like it to be better. There are lots of ways, big and small, that you can do that. And some of it is just a matter of single tasking. I have talked a lot on the No Fucks Given podcast about how multitasking is a myth and that if you are trying to do multiple things at once, you are not doing any of them well. And that includes uh, building your relationships. You know, some couples might institute a rule that there are no phones at the dinner table. Sometimes you might go out with your friends and just promise yourself that you're not going to live tweet the action or I guess whatever the kids are doing these days, live, live TikTok, the action. If you want to have better conversations with your parents or your grandmother, uh, you know, don't have the baseball game on in the background when you're trying to have a phone call. Um, being present is often the best kind of improvement to any relationship. Um, And it doesn't have to be physically being present more often. You know, you can still be in that maintenance mode where you're doing little check-ins here and there, but those check-ins can be made more meaningful and more personal um, and more connecting between the various parties if you are committed to being more present. Single tasking shows you care. Uh, Another way that you can improve relationships is to break away from the herd. You know, maybe you have a good friend group of, you know, six, eight, ten people, and you often see each other all at once, partly because it's a little bit more efficient to all get together at once. Um, But maybe you feel like there's some distance between yourself and one of these friends or two of these friends. And It might just be better for your relationship. It might improve your relationship with that one or two people if you were to make a conscious effort to make plans one-on-one away from the group, you know, just so you have, like I said, more time to single task and focus on that one person instead of dividing your attention among the group. So that is a way to think about improving a relationship that, you know, is bringing you a lot of joy and comfort and pleasure already, but could be better. And finally, just to bring the concept of improving your relationships back to the overall fuck budget, 
uh, you know, you've got a limited amount of time, energy, and money in your budget. So that is why I think that you should look at your relationships the same way you look at your other commitments. And if you are going to spend or want to spend more of your time, energy, and or money, um, put that toward improving a relationship, then probably you are going to have to find another place in your fuck budget to reduce uh, your spending so that your your budget stays balanced and so that you don't get into that overbooked, overwhelmed, overdrawn mode where you can't see anybody for two months. Um, so I would definitely encourage you guys if you're thinking about, you know, there are some relationships in my life, again, with friends or with family uh, that I really want to improve. What are some of the things that I might be able to sacrifice in order to get that done? You know, what are some things that I'm spending my time, energy, and money on now that I could set aside for a period of time in order to be able to redirect those resources into my friendships? Because the idea is not to overwhelm you and overload your fuck budget. The idea is just to get you to think about valuing your relationships the same way you value everything else you've got going on. You know, I want to take it back for a second to maintaining uh, and specifically with family. I have this tip from my book, Get Your Shit Together, and I call it high maintenance is low maintenance. And I mean, just like high, like saying hi. Um, Maybe that reads a little bit better on the page. But anyway, maybe your family lives far away and regular visits are just not in the cards for you or they wish you visited more often, but you simply do not have that time, uh, energy, and money in your fuck budget. Maybe there is family that you don't know that well, like maybe the younger generation, uh, you know, kids and and second cousins and all of that. But you want them to know you love them and you want to just say hi every once in a while to maintain that family bond. Maybe we are talking about family that you love very much, uh, but they annoy the ever-loving shit out of you. And even if they live next door, you don't want to spend all of your time with them. Um, relationships to your family members or anyone are like relationships to, you know, your body hair. You got to maintain that shit. Um, A little goes a long way. You know, a quick call, uh, a little group text with uh, your parents and your brother and sister. You know, that's the equivalent of a quick uh, armpit shave. If you want to do like a real full-on group FaceTime once a month that's going to take an hour, that's like committing to getting a wax. Um, you know, you're maintaining these relationships because for whatever reason, you cannot engage in them at the level that the other party might wish for you to or that is incompatible with your lifestyles at the moment. Uh, high maintenance is low maintenance. Just saying hi in one way or another can really go a long way. And my favorite way to do this is with postcards. It's limited space, which means there is limited time that you could possibly spend writing out a postcard. They're very easy to send. They are relatively inexpensive and they are fun to receive. It's a win-win. And speaking of winning, I want to segue into talking about romantic relationships and some tips that I have from, as I said, my pretty darn good 20-year history with my husband. And that is what I call the relationship relay. 
The relationship relay is when you tap into your inner competitor to improve your relationship on both sides. And um, side note, I'm a very competitive person and actually had to stop playing games with my husband not long after we got together because I am just insufferable. I, I realized that I was being really not a fun person to sit down and play a board game with. But the relationship relay allows my competitive nature to work for me rather than against me in my relationship. So this is really about being the best partner that you can be back and forth forever. That's the relay part of it. Who can be nicer? Who can be more helpful? Who can be more loving on any given day? Who can come up with the perfect gift or the perfect surprise? And in a competition like that, everybody wins. You know, I often think about a couple that I knew once who seemed to have a really good relationship and everything going for them, and they broke up, and one of them said, the one who instigated the breakup, uh, I just stopped wanting to do nice things for her. And I've thought about that a lot because no matter what kind of strife or problems or challenges I might be facing with my husband, if I try to redirect my energy into how I want him to feel rather than how I feel about whatever is going on, uh, it can help me be sort of productive and it can help me feel like I am accomplishing something by doing something nice for him or doing something to engender a good feeling for him so at least one of us is feeling good uh, during the time of this particular challenge that we're facing. And, you know, it's hard to keep that shit going every day. You're going to drop the baton once in a while. But if you can train yourself in a relationship to try to keep that back and forth going and really try to have somebody on the upswing at any given time, um, You know, it's hard to stay mad at someone who's going to give you a spontaneous foot rub every once in a while. It's hard to stay mad at someone who brings you flowers. Uh, We are not always our best selves, and we cannot always be expected to be on our best behaviors. But in terms of improving a relationship, I think this idea of the relationship relay where you go back and forth over time and in perpetuity trying to out-nice the other is a useful and pleasant way to look at the long road of challenges that any relationship is going to face. And finally, it helps you to change your mindset on this kind of stuff. So taking out the trash becomes a nice favor you're doing for your partner because you know they hate doing it, not just an annoying chore for you. And if you're spending the majority of your fuck budget doing nice things for your partner, then you are almost certainly spending less of it on petty bickering and competitive sulking. So as I said earlier in the podcast, I'm going to take this back to my gist theory, get your shit together theory, which is strategize, focus, and commit. I've talked about this, I think, on episodes five and six of the podcast. It's a really good way to break down anything that you need to do in your life, including improving your relationships. So strategize, 
uh, devise ways to make your significant other feel good. These don't have to be expensive ways or wildly imaginative ones. You know, it could be as simple as making sure that you always have their preferred bourbon in the house uh, or their preferred bourbon caramel salted ice cream. Um, you know, I mentioned flowers earlier because for some reason I just love getting flowers and it is one of the easiest, cheapest things to do for the 15 years that we lived in New York City was to grab a bunch of flowers on the way home. Um, really just totally changed the whole mood of the evening for, for my husband and for me. You know, you can kind of come up with a running list of these ways that you can do something nice for your partner and then you always have something to pull from when, uh, when it's your turn in the relay. So that's strategize. The next step in just theory is focus. And that is setting aside the time. That is single tasking. That is scheduling things into your calendar. Uh, and in this case, we're talking about a small kindness every day uh, is better than a big, oh shit, I've been ignoring relationship maintenance for too long. Um, you know, think of it like keeping a car running. Think of it like maintaining that body hair. Uh, you know, you've got a focus. You've got your your list of stuff that you can pull from. And when it's your turn, it's your turn. And single task that shit and do that nice thing or say that nice thing and really just focus on a little bit at a time more often than trying to do one big grand gesture every once in a while. I think that is really the way to go, um, especially if you intend to be together for the long haul. You know, it's easy to get burnt out on grand gestures. And the final step in gist theory is commit. And that is exactly what it sounds like. Say the words, do the deeds, uh, when in doubt, splurge on foot rubs. And for this week's NFG tip of the week, I am going to take it back to significant other relationships. So stay tuned to the end for that tip, which has kept my marriage on an even keel for 20 years. Coming up, I want to talk a little bit about dissolving relationships that don't merit line items in your fuck budget and a refresher on boundaries, one of my favorite things, uh, especially useful for these post-pandemic times. And by the way, when I say post-pandemic, I'm just really trying to indicate uh, progress in the pandemic. I know that this is not over, and I know that for a lot of people, it feels like it's quite far from it. So please excuse my phrasing there. Um, and then I'm going to do a little recap like I always do of what we talked about in the episode and move on to the NFG tip of the week. Uh, quickly, though, don't forget that I have that audio advice column, You Asked For It, that I do once a month on the podcast. And if you want to send me a question, you can submit it to podcast at nofucksgivenguides.com. All right, let's talk about that third layer in the uh, relationship strategizing. We've got maintain, we've got improve, and we've got dissolve. And frankly, there is no time like the present to think about whether there are relationships that you have taken an enforced break from in the last year and change and maybe don't want to go back to or don't want to go back into at the same level that you did pre-pandemic times. Um, you have a couple of options. You can just sort of let them wither and peter out if you don't like confrontation. Uh, or you can be upfront about it. And I answered a listener question about this 
in episode 16, which was one of the You Asked For It episodes, uh, which was regarding constantly flaky friends that it might be time to stop trying with. It might be time to stop inviting to places if they're just always going to flake. And I also talked about it back on episode four in terms of ending or at least pausing an actively toxic friendship or one that you're just not into anymore. Uh, And all of this goes for romantic relationships as well. You know, maybe you were stuck in one of those during all this. God knows it's hard enough to break up in places like New York City and each get separate apartments. You know, doing that during a pandemic is uh, that's that's a lot. But anyway, before you can get to dissolving any relationship, you have to decide that you want to dissolve it. You have to be honest with yourself about whether this relationship merits the time, energy, and money that you are investing in it. Those fuck bucks I'm always talking about. And if the answer is no, then you need to let it go or, you know, send the other party on their way. And I realize that this is complicated and it's emotional and it's fraught. uh, And I'm not denying any of that. But you have to do it, you know. If you are miserable uh, or you just know there is something more and different and better for you out there, then are you going to stay in this relationship, this friendship, whatever it is, for the rest of your life? No, that's absurd. You need to make the decision And if your decision is that it's time to dissolve this relationship, uh, you do that as honestly and politely as you can. Maybe in your particular situation, the polite way is to let it die on the vine. You know, with a friend that you lost touch with over the pandemic, just not picking up touch again. That's fine. You know, with a live-in significant other, you probably can't do it that way. You're going to need to have some confrontation here. And you're just going to be as respectful and honest and polite as you can be. But if there is anything that we have learned over the last year and a half, it's that life is too short to waste it on things that do not make you happy. And that includes people that do not make you happy and who don't add richness and fun and support and pleasure to your life. And furthermore, with those who do add all of that to your life, you still need boundaries friends, family, partners, all relationships thrive on healthy boundaries. Uh, You know, for me, I have 37 people to see and about eight weeks to do it in, plus my job and all of my doctor's appointments and all the other shit that I have to do now that I'm here in New York for a really brief period of time. And I have to prioritize some of those things. I have to prioritize my health. I have to prioritize... uh, other friends who are going away who I can't see unless I put them first in the queue. Um, And I've just been trying to let people know where they stand in in a not weird way, you know, by periodically checking in, explaining a little bit about what I'm up to, what my limitations are. I don't explain too much because I don't really believe that you have to over explain yourself when you're saying what you want and need or what you can and can't do. But, you know, it makes sense that I can't jam pack one of these weekends with dinner dates because I have like two invasive dentist appointments on top of one another on Friday. So like telling my friends that might make them feel less bad about being bumped to next weekend because they realize that I'm not out having, you know, fine dining with anybody. I'm at home with an ice pack and some oatmeal. 
And that's an easy enough thing for me to do to keep everybody's spirits up and to and to maintain. And whether it's getting out from under your pandemic socialization deficiencies or just, you know, in general, day-to-day life, you may need to work on saying no to your friends, to your family. Uh, I got a lot about that in episodes 3 and 13 of the podcast, and they may need to work on hearing it. But if you can commit to doing that work, everybody is going to benefit. Uh, And lastly, with regard to the people you have been cooped up with for more than a year, y'all need to divide and conquer, okay? Everybody needs space from everybody else. Take it. Plant your flag. Memorize the phrase, I love you so much and I am going to take some me time on Wednesday. You can do things separately. If you're a couple, you can see couple friends separately. You can, as I discovered, not more than a week ago, just take a fucking walk by yourself. And I encourage you to do so. So that is uh, it for the bulk of episode 21. I'm going to give you a quick recap before the NFG tip of the week just to remind you that this episode was about relationship challenges and how they're not really that much different than other challenges. Um, You need to set goals And you can achieve those goals and outcomes, uh, you know, the same way that you would achieve goals in other areas of your life. It boils down to maintain, improve, or dissolve. Remember that high maintenance can be very low maintenance and go on out and get yourself a pack of postcards. If you are coupled up with someone, think about engaging in the relationship relay. And to prep for that, you can strategize, focus, and then commit. That's just theory. Strategize, focus, and commit. And finally today, I gave the same advice I often give, which is you need to be honest with yourself before you can be honest with anyone else. So if you're looking to dissolve a relationship, the first step is to ask yourself honestly whether it belongs in your fuck budget or not and take it from there. And if you decide, in fact, that you do not wish to dissolve this relationship, you would like to maintain and or improve it, then you need to set some normal, healthy boundaries that will help you do so now and in the future. Okay, so now it is time for this week's NFG tip of the week, which is called MVP, and that stands for Mutual Veto Power. I suppose that this can apply to other relationships in your life, not just romantic ones, but I have been using it specifically with my husband uh, ever since we moved in together, which was about six months after we met. So a good 20 years, we have been engaging in mutual veto power, and this is how it works. You as a couple have pre-decided that if one of you says no to something, no I don't want a green couch. No, I don't want to go on our honeymoon in Tokyo. No, I don't want to rent a Mini Cooper and drive cross country. You've pre-decided that there will be no arguing, no wheedling, no pushing, no passive aggression. You have mutual veto power. A veto from one of you means it's an automatic veto for both of you. And if you think that this sounds harsh or limiting or depressing, as my editor did when I introduced it in one of my books, let me explain it to you this way. With mutual veto power, nobody in this relationship is getting something that they don't want. 
ever. But somebody in the relationship is always getting something that they do want. Because if one of you is just neutral on a topic, then you do it. You buy it, you experience it, you visit it, whatever the situation is at hand, as long as one of you really wants to do it and the other is neutral, you do it. And if one of you really does not want to do it, then that's just it. It's the end of the conversation. We're not going to fight about this. We've instituted mutual veto power, and it just eliminates a lot of stress and time and energy spent in a long, drawn-out argument over something. You've just pre-agreed to disagree, and you're not going to do it. Like I said, nobody is ever forced into something they don't want, but somebody is always getting something they do want. And frankly, that's a relationship that I enjoy being in. Who's the MVP? You are. Um, That's it for today. Thank you again so much for listening. Coming up next week in episode 22, I am going to deep dive into not giving a fuck at work uh, because we are maybe starting to return to our offices or other work situations in the same way that we are starting to return to our social lives. And I think that we could all use a refresher in not giving a fuck at work. If you liked what you heard today, please leave me a rating or a review. It really helps to boost the visibility of the podcast or just tell your friends. And again, you can always visit nofucksgivenguides.com to get the show notes, downloads of things I might mention on here, um, more information about my books, sign up for the No Fucks Given newsletter, and all that good stuff. Don't forget to email me your questions for the You Asked For It audio advice column that I do once a month. And until next week, I'm Sarah Knight. No fucks given, not sorry.